You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, one thing that DNB Supply prides itself on, and if you listen to our first episode with the president of our company, he talked all about wanting to support rodeo. Uh, how lucky we are to have two top 20 rodeos right here where we live and everything he does and DNB does to support rodeo. And I will tell you, when I go to a rodeo, and it could be a small rodeo, it could be a big rodeo, you always see the rodeo royalty riding through the arena, the rodeo queens, and the other young ladies who are competing or aspiring to this title. But I know or never knew anything about what went into becoming a rodeo queen or rodeo royalty. Well, our guest today is Miss Rodeo Idaho 2017, and she is going to explain to us the rigorous training, preparation, and competition that goes into becoming rodeo royalty. I think you're really going to enjoy getting to meet Miss Rodeo Idaho 2017 and hearing her story, her journey, and everything that she has done to achieve this title. Plus, advice for those of you who are aspiring to the same position at some point in the future. Joining us now is Hunter Rackham, Miss Rodeo Idaho 2017. Hunter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Well, I'm really looking forward to this interview. I I have to admit, I have been to a lot of rodeos in my life, and I have watched a lot of rodeo royalty ride around the arena, but I know nothing about it, so I'm really looking forward to learning here. Oh, great. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know what I'd like to do is I'd like to start off by asking you a few questions just to kind of help the audience get to know who you are, and then we'll jump into more specifics about what it is you do. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, let's start with this. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up on the pretty much between where the North and the South Fork meet in a little town called Manan, Idaho. It's actually 20 miles north of Idaho Falls, so down in Southeast Idaho. That's where I was born and raised, and I actually currently live in Idaho Falls now. All right. So you're an Eastern Idaho, Idahoan. Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, Yeah, beautiful over there. I went to college up in Bozeman, Montana at Montana State University, and I just was, I went up to Bozeman twice last year for a couple events, and went through there and it is always so beautiful driving up through there and looking at the Grand Tetons and in that country out there is really pretty. Yes, it's gorgeous country out here. Well, wonderful. Now, do you have an agricultural background? You know, I would say that I do. My mom actually grew up on a dairy farm and when I was growing up, my uncles would babysit us and my grandparents would babysit us and we were always bottle feeding baby calves and helping my uncles milk the cows and helping my grandparents sort the calves into their pens and everything. So I would say that I definitely grew up with an ag background, but even more so just a Western background. My dad was a professional PRCA bull rider and he got me involved in horses. And I have pictures of being truly months old riding horses. And my parents had me on a horse at the time that I could hold my own head up. So I would say a country ag, country uh, Western background, if you will. So I, I would say so, yes. Well, that's great. And, you know, we have such a great Western heritage here in Idaho and Oregon and, and all through this, this region that, that I think most people grow up that way if they've grown up out here in, in Idaho and Eastern Oregon. 
Yes, absolutely. I think so. Oh, that's wonderful. So now how about now? We're going to talk about all about rodeo royalty here in a minute, but are you still involved in ag in any way? You know, I kind of, I would, I would say that I am going alongside agriculture. I think that being involved in the outdoors is really important. And I really enjoy the outdoors and agriculture. And I think they both go hand in hand. We work a lot with farmers and ranchers. But in the future, I hope to be selling real estate, specifically farming and ranching. Oh, very cool. So you're going to go into real estate sales, but you want to focus on agricultural type land? Yes. Yes, I would. Along with residential, but long term would be ranches. Very interesting. So I'm diverging a little bit here, Hunter, but uh, on my podcast that I do, I had a real estate agent on from the Central Valley of California who specializes in ag ground, and I always thought that's a fascinating thing to do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about it, but I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know that I'm, I excel in sales and marketing, and I figured that that would be the right path for me to take. So I'll be taking that course and being certified in first part of April. So it's coming up quick. Oh, wonderful. Well, that, that's great. And look forward to having you out there helping match people up with the right farm and ranch properties for themselves. Well, thank you. You bet. Well, now I want to ask you, so at what age does does a young woman start thinking about becoming rodeo royalty? How does this all begin for you? Well, for me, I started becoming interested in being a rodeo queen at just six years old. My parents introduced me to horses at a very young age, like I said, and always involved me in 4-H and rodeo. And I always just had a desire. I wanted to be more involved. I wanted to be more than just a competitor. And I lived and breathed horses at just six years old. So I saw my first rodeo queen, and I just wanted to make a difference like she did. And I wanted to have a positive impact on people. And rodeo queen pageants just seemed like it was the right path for me to take. So, you know, we just jumped in, and we haven't really looked back. And I guess if there's somebody out there that's looking to be a positive influence and to serve something that you're passionate about and to become confident and educated, I think rodeo queening might be for you. So that would be kind of a little bit of background as to what I did and what you can do too. Very, very good. Well, thank you for sharing that and and for those tips. I I have more questions about that for you as, as we go along. So when you saw, and I was going to ask you if we still use the term rodeo queen, but obviously we do. So when you, <laughs> when you saw your first rodeo queen, what was it about what you were seeing that made you think that's something I want to do? You know, to see a rodeo queen and the title that they represent, I mean, the title alone, it was just so prestigious and honorable. And the way she carried herself with poise and grace, I just remember thinking, I want to be like that. I want to be an individual that... When people look at me, they see poise, they see personality and grace and positivity and bringing just a whole new light to the arena. And I'll never forget it because she was a rodeo queen and I never met her personally, but I saw her from a distance in the arena as she carried the American flag while the national anthem was being sang. Mm -hmm. And I was just so moved by it. And I wanted to be a flag girl, and then that turned into rodeo queen. So that's kind of where it started for me, and seeing her and the way that she carried herself inspired me. Awesome. Well, now, at what age can a young lady start competing? You, ta- you mentioned a, a number of different things, you know, carrying the flag, working your way up to being a rodeo queen. So at what age can a young lady start competing if she wants to follow in your footsteps? 
every pageant is different as far as the age that they allow. So some rodeos, specifically PRCA, will usually only allow young women ages 16 and older to compete because that title is a little bit more prestigious. They require a, more travel, more more events that an older person would benefit from. And so that would usually be 16 and older for a PRCA rodeo. However, others want to encourage girls as young as three years old to participate and build confidence and make friends with people that have similar interests. So I think it just depends on your local area. I know that fairs in particular, so for me it was the Jefferson County Fair, they allow girls ages three and older all the way up to the age of 26 to participate in their pageant. So I think that for majority, I would probably say entry level across the board is going to be about eight or nine years old. You could probably find a pageant just about anywhere that has that age division. Okay. And what is involved in these pageants? So what are they judging you on in these pageants? Oh, that's a great question because sometimes I don't think the list ever ends. <laughs> but in Rodeo Queen pageant, we go through a series of events that were judged and Some of those include personal interviews. We also have horsemanship interviews. So the difference between the two is, one, they ask personal questions, and then the other, they ask questions regarding equine knowledge, agriculture, and those type questions. So it's usually a series of two interviews. Then we have public speaking, and we are either to come prepared with a speech or it is an extemporaneous speech, and that will vary depending on the pageant that you're at. We're also asked a series of questions on stage known as the impromptu speaking portion. And we usually have questions like a personality question, a current event question, and then a rodeo question. And we answer that on stage and then we're scored accordingly to our answers. They could be right or wrong, but however we handle that is usually how they go off of. Then our next category is usually horsemanship. And at horsemanship, again, it varies at contests. But for the Miss Rodeo Idaho pageant, I was judged on two rounds of horsemanship. One was on a draw horse, so a lot like rodeo cowboys and cowgirls have to draw horses in the rough stock event. We choose a horse out of a a number group. We draw for our horse, and we do a horsemanship pattern, which has a, a different maneuvers in the pattern. It can be lead changes or stops or rollbacks. And then the second horsemanship pattern that we're supposed to do on a completely new different draw horse is rail work where it's similar to western equitation we simply walk trot and lope and this gives the judges an opportunity to see how our seat is how we are using the reins if we're using our feet what we're doing when we're actually riding and then the third round of horsemanship is usually a flag presentation ride they want to see how you carry a flag and your speed of your horse Because a lot of the time, as a rodeo queen, you are a flag carrier. So they want to make sure that you know the proper etiquette for that. Um, Overall, you know, we're judged quite a bit, even behind the scenes. I know that some contests will have judges behind the scenes so that when you go to feed your horse or you go to water your horse or take care of your horse, they know that you're doing that and it's not necessarily your parents or you know, a stable hand or somebody else is taking care of that for you. They want to see that you go above and beyond the normal tasks of a rodeo queen and having that stage presence, that you go back and take care of your own animal and that you're there to participate, like I said, far beyond what a rodeo queen would do. So some contests do, in fact, have secret judges. Hmm. Um, So you always have to be on your best behavior and give it your best 110% at all times. 
Well, that's that is a ton, and man, secret judges and all sorts of stuff. Does your does your dad ever look at everything that you've got to do and go, man? I'd much rather ride a bull than trying to be a rodeo queen. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was blasting on his mind to have a rodeo queen as a daughter, but I think when it comes down to it, if your daughter is an aspiring rodeo queen, then already you know there's a lot to go on with that and you have to know that they have to be responsible and respectful and the values that you instill in your children at a young age will carry over and you have to have confidence that you've taught them right and that they'll be able to carry themselves and you know if they make mistakes I mean I've made mistakes and my parents have helped me through those and we're only human and we make mistakes we just have to learn to learn from those. So I think my dad has enjoyed watching me grow as an individual, but I think sometimes he does kind of roll his eyes. Oh, you don't need all that hairspray. You don't need all that lipstick. And he's probably right, but it does look good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, I've got a few more questions for you about this inspiration to to young ladies that you're you're giving out, okay? Okay. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B supply. Well, Hunter, now that we're back, I, I want to stick with this topic for a second about how you're inspiring young ladies to to want to do this and how you're repeating the cycle from when, from when you were inspired. So has that actually repeated? Have you had young girls come up to you and just have that look on their face like they can't believe they get to talk to you and, and they are looking at you and they want to be you at some point in the future? You know, it's it's hard to say because I... I I work with a lot of youth and I see a lot of youth and I I just hope that they think of me as a positive role model, but I have had the opportunity to sit in on some interviews before for some local contests because I was their reigning queen at the point in time. And one of the things I'll never forget is there was this little girl who I had been helping just kind of get started. We helped her get some clothes and I helped her with some rodeo knowledge and public speaking and whatnot. And as I was sitting in on her interview, one of the questions that she was asked was, who is your role model? And the little thing didn't even hesitate. She just said, my role model is actually sitting right here in this room. (laughs) She turns around in her chair and points right at me and says, that right there, do you see her? Her name's Hunter Rackham and she's my role model because of da-da-da-da-da. And I was just oh my gosh, my face flushed red, and I couldn't believe that she'd called me out on the floor like that. But it was a very humbling experience. It made me realize that you do have an impact on people. And what you do with your life and the legacy that you lead will have an impact on on everybody else. So it was at that moment in time I realized that I do have an impact on other people. Oh, that must have been a very, very neat moment for you. 
It was, and we're still friends to this day, and she's actually taught me a lot about myself, so she's a really great girl and has a really bright future. Oh, great. Now, did you, along those lines, did you have one person in mind that was your hero when it came to being a rodeo queen? Oh, absolutely. I don't know how I could have ever made it this far without this individual. Her name is Morgan Anselmi. And she was a former Miss Rodeo Idaho. She was actually Miss Rodeo Idaho 2007. And something that I really appreciated for Morgan was she was so kind to everybody. She was the first person to say hello and the last person to say goodbye. She always made everybody feel welcomed and excited and looking forward to the next opportunity because, you know, she, she was everybody's role model. And especially as Miss Rodeo Idaho, it's a prestigious title. And I remember she invited me to her coronation party, which is a fundraiser banquet that we are able to put on Mm -hmm. early, early in the year. And I felt so cool because I was invited to Miss Rodeo Idaho's coronation party. And I was only about seven or eight years old. And I just couldn't believe it. My parents sent me off to the Vandersloot's property, the owner of Meluca, they have this huge underground tunnel and this magnificent banquet hall. And here I was, this eight-year-old girl sent in with a blank check. My parents just trusted me that much. Hmm. And I had a wonderful time. And it's really funny because even now, she actually began coaching after her year as Miss Rodeo Idaho. She started coaching uh, aspiring rodeo queens, and so I signed up. And she's been my rodeo queen coach for almost 11 years now. And she always makes me feel like I'm doing things right. And here we are 10 years later, and I was in her position. So it's kind of fun to think a decade ago she is where I'm at, and now I'm where she's at. Very fun. Well, that's a great story. And, man, what an event for you to go to and and to be inspired by. Yes, absolutely. Well, now, you mentioned a minute ago that they want to make sure that you know the proper etiquette for carrying the flag, and that's something that I was thinking about as well. How did you learn the the proper etiquette to handle the the American flag? It starts way back when I first began rodeo queening. As one of the things that we're judged on is proper flag etiquette, and I remember being so nervous because you have this important flag and you're not supposed to drop it. You need to keep it at 90-degree angles, and all these things running through my head. And... I was at my very first pageant. My horse was terrified of a flag. And so you just, it's a process of trial and error. You give it your best shot and then you look back at what you could have done differently to make it better. And just like anything else in this sport, but for specifically for flag carrying, I learned along the way. So in high school rodeo, I learned that you're supposed to tip the sponsor flags or any flag when the American flag comes in. And when you pack the American flag, you pack it as though you are honored and proud. And of course, I'm honored and proud to pack the American flag, but I make sure that I have good posture. My arm is at a 90 degree angle. The flag is at a 90 degree degree angle in comparison to my horse. And then it never falls below that. And the speed that you carry your horse at also has an effect on the audience. And I had the opportunity to pack the American flag at the Black Hill Stock Show and Rodeo in South Dakota, which mm-hmm. was really exciting because out-of-state queens usually don't pack the American flag in-state. And while doing so, we actually just walked the entire arena, and then we stood in the middle as they had a poem that they read. And I just remember the feeling that I got from the audience and 
the words, I, I was choked up, quite honestly, because of the way that I've been taught to pack the American flag. And I know the symbolism and the meaning that it makes it that much more important to me that I do so in a proper manner. Well, wonderful. And I think the respect for that flag, you know, is a really, really important thing. And I always really enjoy how respectful we are to our flag and in our country and agriculture and all of that at different rodeo events. And I think you're a huge part of that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me ask you about this. So as we're talking about young ladies who would like to do this, is there for the possibility that a young lady comes to the rodeo, she sees a rodeo queen, she sees you, and she says, that is what I want to do, but she's not in a family where having horses or riding horses is a possibility or where they know a lot of the things that a rodeo queen needs to know. Is there a pathway for that young lady to be able to achieve this? Of course. I think the first and most important thing is to reach out to people who are involved because there's something that I've learned about the community that rodeo and agriculture has to offer is that we're all willing to help one another. And if there's somebody that has an interest in one thing, then you're going to find another person who's going to help them achieve that. And I wouldn't be where I am without the thousands of people who have helped me along my way. So I would first reach out my own hand and and ask if there was anything that I could do to help them further their goals. But, you know, another thing to think about and reflect on is what can you do to help further your own goals? What kind of steps can you take to further your goals? Because you have to be the person to set them so that we all can help you achieve them. And one of my favorite quotes that I live by is, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Mm-hmm. And that's so that rings so true because a lot of the times I've been scared or I haven't had the money or I haven't had the, the means to do it, but you find a way and you make it work. And if it doesn't work with one thing, then it might work the next time. And I'm kind of talking in circles, but it all goes back to having a good foundation and a good support system, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at without my parents. They always made sure that I had the means to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think if you sit down and you have that conversation with your family and your parents and you make them, not necessarily make them, but you help them realize how driven you are, they will do everything that they can to help you succeed because that is nothing. there's nothing more in the world that they want than to see their children succeed. Well, that's a great Great answer, and I love the fact that there's uh, such a strong community support out there to help people achieve this goal, even if they don't necessarily have you know, parents that are as involved as maybe some other parents are at that time. Absolutely, and I think it just takes one time. If you can prove yourself to your family or your friends or the people that doubt you, if you can prove that you're driven and that you have the goals and that you're willing to take the steps to achieve them, it only takes one time. And after that, I think you'll have a village, truly, of people that will support you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take another quick break, and then we'll come back and continue this great conversation. Of course. Hamilton Carhartt started sweating the details back in 1889. Carhartt started to stitch together workwear made to stand up to steel, smoke, and the Industrial Revolution. Ever since, Carhartt gear has survived in the most rugged corners of the world and thrived in the harshest conditions at work or home. In 1959, a couple of fellas named Dutch and Bud set up their first supply shop in Idaho to outfit people in the West with only the best. When you need the stuff of legends, even just to make it through the workday, stop in for some Carhartt at your favorite D&B Supply. 
Know what looks good with a cowboy hat? Panhandle Western Apparel and Rock and Roll Denim, available at D&B Supply. Over 70 years ago, Panhandle started putting snaps on their popular gambler-style shirt and soon became a runaway hit with cowboys and cowgirls everywhere. In the 21st century, they formed Rock and Roll Denim too, with fashion-forward looks and high-class jeans that fit any style. With designs both classic and fresh, get decked out for life in the West with Panhandle shirts and Rock and Roll Denim at D&B. All right, Hunter. Well, <laughs> this has been already a ton of fun for me to learn about this, and I've got a whole long list of questions still to go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pushing forward here. Now, I wanted to ask you about the first contest that you ever won. So when did you first see success on this journey? Oh, boy. It took me probably three or four years until I actually won my first title, and that was back in 2006. Well, I can't quite remember. It was a while ago. But I just remember I kept getting second runner-up at the Jefferson County Fair. And it was really cool because at the time, you could win a belt buckle for winning second Mm runner-up. And I was really excited. And, you know, I'd won a couple buckles, but I was like, dang it, I just really want to win the crown now. And being as young as I was, I had really positive influences. And they just said, you know, ride your horse and study these things and you know, work really hard on your speech and do what you have to do. And I just remember that summer, I worked so hard. I rode my horse every single day. I did everything that I could think would help me. I even, I tell you what, I modeled because we have to model on stage. Mm -hmm. I would model in the grocery store and practice my turns and talk to random people about rodeo. And it finally pulled through for me back in, I think, 2006 that I won the Jefferson County Fair Princess and I'll never forget that moment because it, it was the first stepping stone to many, many more wonderful opportunities. And it was a really great experience because it was a local pageant. I was able to represent with my friends and really build the foundation that I needed to succeed as far as within my community. So it was definitely a wonderful experience. Well, that's really interesting. So you you started off your first victory, you became a princess. That's the title? Yes. So then how does it progress from there? What What is the next step after princess and how does it, you know, what steps do you go through until you finally reach Miss Rodeo Idaho? So a lot of the pageants are broken up into divisions based off of your age. So at that time I was in the princess division because I was, I think, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it'll usually go into like a junior princess or a junior queen division. And then from there, it'll go to a senior queen division, which is usually about 16 or 17 on up to age 26. But every contest is different. Sometimes they'll have four or five divisions. Sometimes they'll have two divisions. But it's just about where that age is starting. So I think the youngest with the most categories right now is the Whoopi Days Queen Contest here in Rexburg, Idaho, and they have what's called a Duchess Division, which is, I think, about three years old up to six, and then it goes Princess to Junior Princess, then Senior Queen. So they have four divisions. I know that Miss Rodeo Idaho, we formerly had a Miss Little Bit Rodeo Idaho Division. We had a lot of interest with that, and then in the last few years, it just kind of decreased. So we no longer have the Little Bit Division, but we have a Junior, Miss Junior Rodeo Idaho, a Miss Teen Rodeo Idaho, and a Miss Rodeo Idaho. So I just progressed. Each year, I 
if I was in the same division, I'd pick a different contest than the year before, and I'd do my best at that. And every year as I got older, I would change the divisions. And a lot of the time I'd never win because I was the youngest in that division, and I'd have to work work really hard, and then I'd be the oldest in the division that year, and I'd be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and you learn from that. It's a It's a building process. And that's kind of how the division system works as well as the title division. Great. And now for a young lady who might be listening to this and and wants to do that, are there some mistakes that you made along the way that you could could help her out with not making herself? Gosh, that's a really good question. I think something that I still work on to this day is living up to my own expectations. A lot of the time we let other people tell us what they expect of us. And especially within the Rodeo Queen realm, we are constantly criticized about what we can do to be better next time. And it's just, you have to look at it differently sometimes because after losing so many contests, after being criticized so much, you think, is this even for me? Is this the path that I'm supposed to take? But really, they only criticize and they only want to make you better and help you achieve more. So it's positive criticism and you need to learn to take that in a in a manner that doesn't get you down Mm -hmm. and I still struggle with that to this day I have to reflect on myself and think what can I do to be better and I need to have my own expectations and not let others others feelings get into mine if that if that makes sense um it's it's a mental game and you need to if anything, your mental game has to be on point at all times because you can easily get down on yourself. I know that I did several occasions because I ran for Miss Junior Rodeo Idaho three times and I never won. And I thought, I'm never going to be a state rodeo queen. Mm-hmm. Even though I wanted it so bad and I worked so hard, there was always that other girl that worked even more. And you just have to know that sometimes it's not your turn in the barrel and that God has a plan. And if he, if your journey is to be the next Miss Junior or Miss Senior or Miss Princess, then it will be if you put the effort in. But if it's not your journey, then there's always something around the corner, or around the bend that you're supposed to be. And I had to learn from not succeeding in Miss Junior Rodeo Idaho, and I went back a fourth time. But at this at this point, I was older and I was in the Miss Teen Rodeo Idaho division. But because I was you know, unwavering and determined, I ended up winning Miss Teen Rodeo Idaho. And I finally had won my first state title. So it takes a lot of work, and you have to make sure that your mental game is there. Okay. That is an incredible answer. I've got some more to say about that. Let's take another quick break, and then we'll jump right back into that. Okay. During calving season, your livestock operation really comes alive. On your ranch, be born ready with Powder River Livestock Handling Equipment, available at D&B Supply. For almost 80 years, Powder River has stood out as leaders in the livestock handling field with continuous equipment innovation to help ranchers work up close with their livestock safely and with minimal stress. To bring your calves into the world, then bring them upright, stop on by select D&B Supply stores for Powder River Livestock Handling Equipment. 
Is your dog's true nature shining through, along with a shiny coat, too? Find out by filling up your pet's bowl with Purina One True Instinct Dog Food, available at D&B Supply. Purina One True Instinct gets back to nature and back to basics. Inspired by your dog's gut instinct to naturally choose nutrient-dense food, the expert nutritionists at Purina One developed a recipe that puts pure protein front and center. Let your dog's coat shine through by dishing out Purina One True Instinct Dog Food, available at your favorite D&B Supply. So that was an incredible answer to a difficult question, but I have a follow-up for you on that. So you had men- <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned that uh, your favorite quote was about setting goals and, and things that scare you. If they're not big enough if they don't scare you. And you're, you're talking about the criticism that, that you sometimes receive from other people while you're doing this. And I think that's a great mm-hmm. point to make to people. Anything we do that's going to make us stand out, that's going to draw attention to ourselves one way or another, people are going to be critical of that a lot of times. And that's something that you're going to have to develop kind of a thick skin to and be able to look at what they're saying and go, yeah, there is room for improvement here. Or no, that's those people shouldn't have any, I guess, influence over what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Is, is that kind of accurate in terms of how you've handled that over the years? You know, it's so tricky because I've handled different situations differently each time. And what I found is that I always go in with my best foot forward. And, you know, sometimes it just, it's not what they're looking for. And that's okay. Another great quote that actually comes from Miss Rodeo America. Mm-hmm. I heard actually just this spring while I was in Oklahoma. She said, you can make the world's best chocolate cake. And they're just not going to like chocolate. <laughs> and I thought that is such a good analogy because, I mean, anything in life, you can apply for a job and you can have the best resume, but then somebody has a better interview. And you just have to go in with the mindset that you're going to do your best, be your best, and then come out your best because you it tells a lot about a person on how they lose. And you can lose and you can learn. And both are different types of, I guess you could say losing, but you can either choose to hang low and not learn from the experience or you can lose and learn. So that's a really important strategy as well, going into anything in life, really. Yeah, absolutely. A failure is just a learning experience, really. Yes. Okay. Well, now there have been, and and you have your own personal hero, and I, I loved that story, and there have been a lot of Miss Rodeo Idaho's before you. When you ride into the arena in one way or another, are they kind of all riding in there with you? You know, it is so true, that question, that when you it, – it's just a feeling that it's really hard to describe, actually. The best way that I can put it is we have what's called a Miss Rodeo Idaho traveling buckle. And this buckle is given to the lady-in-waiting or Miss Rodeo Idaho elect after they win in July. Now, we don't officially become Miss Rodeo Idaho the following year until January 1. Mm -hmm. So before that, we have this buckle and all of the women before us dating back to, I mean, it's 30 plus years have had this buckle. And I remember I was just so torn when I was even the buckle back after I had received my personalized buckle. And I kept asking myself, why am I so upset? I'm getting a brand new buckle. Mm -hmm. But it was because every time I entered an arena or a classroom or a committee meeting or, I mean, anything, I had 
those 30 plus women with me that had the same experiences that were taking the same steps and bettering themselves and the sport that they represented. And we all shared something and we all had a common interest. And it was, it was inspiring to be able to carry that many people with me along the way and on the same path. And knowing that this sport is continually growing and that it's not dead. And something that also comes to my mind is that on the Mr. Idaho crown and on the buckle, there are three Idahos and those Idahos represent the past, the present and the future. And what I love about that is it symbolizes what agriculture, what rodeo and what our Western way of life is going to be in the, in the future and what it has been and what it is now. And you can carry that message with you everywhere you go. Oh, that's great. Wonderful. And I, I want to ask you now, or maybe shift gears a little bit, this has been truly inspiring already, and, and now I want to get into kind of the nuts and the bolts of how it all works, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Okay, well, once you are crowned Miss Rodeo Idaho, once you are a rodeo queen, what are your responsibilities? What, what does that title bring with it? So the title of Miss Rodeo Idaho is also known as the first lady of professional rodeo in the state of Idaho. Okay. Now, her job is to promote our Western way of life, which includes agriculture, 4-H, and programs like Ag in the Classroom. Mm-hmm. But she also promotes causes like Stampede for the Cure, which is the fight against breast cancer and bringing breast cancer awareness. And because they're our sponsor, we promote that, but also because it's a good cause. And we can choose a a platform, if you will, that we want to represent throughout the year. One of mine is fighting hunger and then also breast cancer. So I was able to host a food drive, which was really exciting, early March and donate quite a bit of food to the local food bank. But beyond that, Miss Rodeo Idaho must be a positive influence for future competitors. We want our sport to stay alive and grow. And with the ever-changing times, it's really important that we continue to do that. So we are an ambassador for the for the sport of professional rodeo. Excellent. I love that term, ambassador. I, it's something I'm always talking about with my audiences is to go out and be an ambassador for this or an ambassador for that. I think it's really important, and it's wonderful that that's part of, part of your duties, I guess. Right, and everybody, I mean, when you have the term ambassador, I think a large amount of people will be able to relate to that so that they know that our purpose is to serve, serve the community and the committees and the rodeos that we're passionate about and represent. Oh, that's great. Now, you mentioned a couple things. So in terms of what you do with 4-H and Ag in the Classroom, those sound kind of related. What do you do in terms of promoting agriculture through those two means? So I had the opportunity to go to Florida. It was in Orlando and St. Cloud and Kissimmee. We traveled to several different schools every single day for a week. We went to four different elementary schools. And our purpose there was to educate them about rodeo, our sport, Mm -hmm. um, the event, and then also kind of talk to them about agriculture and the difference between the grocery store and free-range cattle and you know, talk to them about where their food comes from and give them a little bit of history about where all of us come from as far as our heritage. 
So we promote agriculture in the classroom. And one of my favorite things coming from the great state of Idaho is when I travel out of the state, I mean, it would blow your mind, the faces that I get. But we introduce ourselves. And when I do this, I go, hi, everybody. My name's Hunter Rackham, and I'm from Idaho. Now, have any of you guys eaten a French fry before? (laughs) And everybody raises their hand. Everybody's had a French fry or tater tot and hash browns, that kind of thing. And I said, well, if you've had one, you've probably had one from Idaho. And it's so great to see their faces because then they it starts raising questions like Idaho potatoes. And I can talk to them about Idaho potatoes and our agriculture program. So it's really exciting for me to not only um, travel and promote these things, but bring a, a new light on agriculture and educate the youth on where their food comes from. Absolutely. And what do you find when you're going to these schools? Do What's the level of knowledge that, that these young men and women have in terms of where their food is coming from? It's very diverse. So I was actually surprised because depending on the age, obviously, if they were about fourth grade, they knew that their food didn't come from a grocery store, but they didn't know exactly the process or how. But the younger kids, you know, well, my mom went and picked up some apples from Fred Meyer or Walmart. And so it's funny to see the diversity of the education and how, I guess, how educated the children are at their age. But um, we we really focus on the youth and how we can better educate them on those things, if that <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's really important. Certainly in agriculture, we see a shrinking supply of of people going into agriculture. So it's wonderful that that rodeo is connected to its roots in this way and is going out and trying to trying to remedy that problem, I guess. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think that the more that we do this and are able to bring ag in the classroom, the the number will come back and it will rise again. Wonderful. Well, let's take one more quick break, Hunter, and then we'll continue on. Okay. Are you a new or current cat owner looking for a solution to the litter box that will keep everyone in the house happy? Purina Tidy Cats knows how to keep all those feline bathroom habits in a neat and tidy box with a wide range of litter options available at D&B Supply. And because all cats have a unique personality, some more than just one, Tidy Cat offers scoopable, non-clumping litter choices to make them all happy. Tidy Cats is quick and easy to clean. It's even easy on the nose. When you need the full scoop for your feline furballs, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply and pick up a bag or bucket of Tidy Cats. Did you know that a horse's top line plays an important role in how that horse performs, looks, and feels? That's why Neutrina offers top line balance in select horse feeds. Available at D&B Supply. Not all feeds are created equal, and not all feeds can improve a horse's top line. It took years of research and field trials to develop this unique approach to equine health. So look for the top line balance logo on select Neutrina horse feeds. For a healthier top line, stop on by D&B Supply for top line balance from Neutrina. Okay, Hunter. So I want to ask you about this. So once you become Rodeo Queen, once you become Miss Rodeo Idaho, how long do you hold that title for? The title actually begins back in July of 2016 for me. After I was crowned Miss Rodeo Idaho 2017, I signed a lady-in-waiting contract. And what that means is I'm simply an elect. I observe the current Miss Rodeo Idaho. I learn from her, and I go on to the Miss Rodeo America pageant that fall and kind of get my feet wet and see what I'm about to 
participate in for the following year at the Miss Radio America pageant. I take notes and I learn. So that six, five or six month period is known as the lady in waiting. And that is an official contract that you sign, Mm -hmm. but your Miss Rodeo Idaho contract is signed after the Miss Rodeo America pageant, which is kind of the high note of the current or former Miss Rodeo Idaho. So after the Miss Rodeo America pageant, she is officially done being Miss Rodeo Idaho. And there's this waiting period after Miss Rodeo America did January 1st. Now, some girls will sign their contract on January 1st, and it'll go 365 days. But ultimately, the Miss Rodeo Idaho pageant, I signed my contract to be the official Miss Rodeo Idaho on December 13th, but my traveling and my official duties really didn't start until January 1st. So it's truly a 365-day contract, and potentially even more than that if the Miss Rodeo Idaho goes on to be Miss Rodeo America or Miss Rodeo, whomever goes on, you could be signing a two-year contract. Okay. Um, one is your state and another is the national. So I would I would plan for a good two and a half years of dedicating and being a volunteer to rodeo. Okay. And, and what is that moment like when you find out that you are now the new Miss Rodeo Idaho? You know, it's, it's surreal. I think the reason it was so emotional for me was because I actually competed twice. The year before, I came in first runner-up, and I'm so thankful for that experience. It was humbling, and it gave me the opportunity to reflect on my life and kind of sort things out and prepare for another year at the pageant. I came home a little disheartened, but, you know, that's okay. You can be sad that you've lost, but you don't dwell on the things that you didn't do right. You figure out what you can do to make it better next time. And so when I came home, I actually focused on working and I earned money and I actually found my passion for real estate. And that's when at 19 years old, I went and bought my first house in that October. And then the following spring, I decided I wanted to compete for Miss Rodeo Idaho again. So when I was officially crowned Miss Rodeo Idaho in July, I think it was the July 20th, it was surreal because I had worked so hard and I had a year of experience and I just knew that one way or another it would be a wonderful experience for me winning or not I was going to go in with my head held high knowing that I put my best foot forward so definitely a surreal experience for me and my family because it hasn't been just my goal it's been my family's goal and to see them come when I came out of the arena just newly crowned and see tears in my parents' eyes and my brother jumping up and down and my aunts and uncles and everybody, just the hugs never ending. Mm -hmm. And then to see the committee and how excited they were for me, it was really exciting and it gave me hope and looking forward to the next year. And even now it's still very exciting being Miss Rodeo Idaho and it's still even somewhat surreal knowing that this is what I've wanted my whole life and here I am and now I can enjoy Well, I'll tell you, Hunter, I just am getting to know you for the first time on this interview, but there's something I know about you already, and that is that you do not quit. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. That's quite the compliment. (laughs) Um, I I definitely don't. (laughs) Yeah, that is is obvious. Well, good for you. Now, I want to ask, so now is there a next step for you in in rodeo royalty? Are, Are you moving on to the next step after you complete your duties as Miss Rodeo Idaho? 
Yes. So just like the former Miss Rodeo Idaho, Heather Skullgard had to do, she competed for Miss Rodeo America. Well, that is in my future. I am able to walk on that stage and compete for the Black Hills Gold Crown of Miss Rodeo America. And that will be held in conjunction with truly the Super Bowl, but of rodeo Mm -hmm. at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, Nevada. And that's that's been my goal. That's what I told my parents at seven years old. I wanted to be Miss Rodeo America and I've worked hard to get to this point. Now that I have that one shot, I'm going to do everything that I can to represent Idaho the best and we'll see what happens. And it's a job interview. So I'm really looking forward to being able to compete on that stage. But I'm also looking forward to life after the crown because even though I've been doing this so long and it's been a huge part of my life, crown or no crown, I can still hold these values to heart and I can still do the things that I do, but just in a different way, maybe without the sparkle and glamour of rodeo queening, but I look forward to pursuing real estate and being involved in agriculture and rodeo in every way that I can, in every sense of the word. So that is my plan. <laughs> no, well, good. That, and I'm excited for you. Now, has there been a Miss Rodeo America from Idaho before? There has. There's actually been six, and the last Miss Rodeo Idaho was Shelly Williams, and she was back in 1998, 1999. So Mm -hmm. it's been a while. Time to break the mold, but like I said, may the best girl win, and I would be more than thrilled to watch one of my own Sash sisters be crowned Miss Rodeo America. We're all best friends, and um, it's a job interview, and there's a lot of things that can be said and learned, but ultimately only one girl walks away as Miss Rodeo America, and she goes on to an amazing journey just like the rest of us, but her journey is just a little bit different. <laughs> so it'll be a wonderful experience. Well, that's fantastic, and Hunter, I'm so excited to meet you, so excited to, to hear your story, and 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 really very excited for other people to hear your story and to get inspired by it and and maybe even the uh the future miss rodeo idaho uh you know 2036 or something like that will hear this show at some point and be inspired absolutely well thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me you bet and where can people find out more about you if they'd like to know more hunter Sure. So you can actually find us on Facebook or Instagram under Miss Rodeo Idaho Inc. And we upload things every day. We have a website as well, MissRodeoIdahoInc.com. So check us out. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Or you can even email me at MissRodeoIdaho2017 at gmail.com. And for scheduling, you can email my national director at JodySherrier.mri at iCloud.com. So there's several different ways, but ultimately, we'll be more than happy to help you out and get you moving into the next steps. Okay. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>